a talk with mr oscar wilde by gilbert burgess from the sketch ninth of january eighteen ninety five this is a librivox recording all librivox recordings are in the public domain for more information or to volunteer please visit librivox .org. on the morning following the production of an ideal husband i met mr oscar wilde as he came down the steps of a club at the top of st james's street and i took advantage of the occasion to ask him what he thought of the attitude of the critics towards his play well he replied as we walked slowly down the street for a man to be a dramatic critic is as foolish and as inartistic as it would be for a man to be a critic of epics or a pastoral critic or a critic of lyrics all modes of art are one and the modes of the art that employs words as its medium are quite indivisible the result of the vulgar specialization of criticism is an elaborate scientific knowledge of the stage almost as elaborate as that of the stage carpenter and quite on a par with that of the call boy combined with an entire incapacity to realize that a play is a work of art or to receive any artistic impressions at all you are rather severe upon dramatic criticism mr wilde english dramatic criticism of our own day has never had a single success in spite of the fact that it goes to all the first nights but i suggested it is influential certainly that is why it is so bad i don't think i quite the moment criticism exercises any influence it ceases to be criticism the aim of the true critic is to try and chronicle his own moods not to try and correct the masterpieces of others real critics would be charming in your eyes then real critics ah, how perfectly charming they would be i am always waiting for their arrival an inaudible school would be nice why do you not found it i was momentarily dazed at the broad vista that had been opened for me but i retained my presence of mind and asked are there absolutely no real critics in london there are just two who are they i asked eagerly mr wilde with the elaborate courtesy for which he has always been famous replied i think i had better not mention their names it might make the others so jealous what do the literary cliques think of your play i don't write to please cliques i write to please myself besides i have always had grave suspicions that the basis of all literary cliques is a morbid love of meat teas that makes them sadly uncivilized still if your critics offend you why don't you reply to them i have far too much time but i think some day i will give a general answer in the form of a lecture in a public hall which i shall call straight talks to old men what is your feeling towards your audiences towards the public which public there are as many publics as there are personalities are you nervous on the night that you're producing a new play oh no i am exquisitely indifferent 
my nervousness ends at the last dress rehearsal i know then what effect my play as presented upon the stage has produced upon me my interest in the play ends there and i feel curiously envious of the public they have such wonderful fresh emotions in store for them i laughed but mr wilde rebuked me with a look of surprise it is the public not the play that i desire to make a success he said but i'm afraid i don't quite understand the public makes a success when it realises that a play is a work of art on the three first nights i have had in london the public has been most successful and had the dimensions of the stage admitted of it i would have called them before the curtain most managers i believe call them behind i imagine then that you don't hold with the opinion that the public is the patron of the dramatist the artist is always the munificent patron of the public i am very fond of the public and personally i always patronise the public very much what are your views upon the much vexed question of subject matter in art everything matters in art except the subject when i recovered i said several plays have been written lately that deal with the monstrous injustice of the social code of morality at the present time ah answered mr wilde with an air of earnest conviction it is indeed a burning shame that there should be one law for men and another law for women i think he hesitated and a smile as swift as stern's hectic of a moment flitted across his face i think that there should be no law for anybody in writing do you think that real life or real people should ever give one inspiration the colour of a flower may suggest to one the plot of a tragedy a passage in music may give one the sestet of a sonnet but whatever actually occurs gives the artist no suggestion every romance that one has in one's life is a romance lost to one's art to introduce real people into a novel or a play is a sign of an unimaginative mind a coarse untutored observation and an entire absence of style i'm afraid i can't agree with you mr wilde i frequently see types and people who suggest ideas to me everything is of use to the artist except an idea after this i was silent until mr wilde pointed to the bottom of the street and drew my attention to the apricot coloured palace which we were approaching so i continued my questioning the enemy has said that your plays lack action yes english critics always confuse the action of a play with the incidents of a melodrama i wrote the first act of a woman of no importance in answer to the critics who said that lady windermere's fan lacked action in the act in question there was absolutely no action at all it was a perfect act what do you think is the chief point the critics have missed in your new play it's entire psychology 
the difference in the way in which a man loves a woman from that in which a woman loves a man the passion that women have for making ideals which is their weakness and the weakness of a man who dare not show his imperfections to the thing he loves the end of act one the end of act two and the scene in the last act when lord goring points out the higher importance of a man's life over a woman's to take three prominent instances seem to have been quite missed by most of the critics they failed to see their meaning they really thought it was a play about a bracelet we must educate our critics we must really educate them said mr wilde half to himself the critics subordinate the psychological interest of a play to its mere technique as soon as a dramatist invents an ingenious situation they compare him with sardou but sardou is an artist not because of his marvellous instinct of stagecraft but in spite of it in the third act of la tosca the scene of the torture he moved us by a terrible human tragedy not by his knowledge of stage methods sardou is not understood in england because he is only known through a rather ordinary travesty of his play dora which was brought out here under the title of diplomacy i have been considerably amused by so many of the critics suggesting that the incident of the diamond bracelet in act three of my new play was suggested by sardou it does not occur in any of sardou's plays and it was not in my play until less than ten days before production nobody else's work gives me any suggestion it is only by entire isolation from everything that one can do any work idleness gives one the mood in which to write isolation the conditions concentration on oneself reveals the new and wonderful world that one presents in the colour and cadence of words in movement and yet we want something more than literature in a play said i that is merely because the critics have always propounded the degrading dogma that the duty of the dramatist is to please the public rossetti did not weave words into sonnets to please the public and corot did not paint silver and grey twilights to please the public the mere fact of telling an artist to adopt any particular form of art in order to please the public makes him shun it we shall never have a real drama in england until it is recognised that a play is as personal and individual a form of self-expression as a poem or a picture i'm afraid you don't like journalists i remarked nervously the journalist is always reminding the public of the existence of the artist that is unnecessary of him he is always reminding the artist of the existence of the public that is indecent of him but we must have journalists mr wilde why they only record what happens what does it matter what happens it is only the abiding things that are interesting not the horrid incidents of everyday life creation for the joy of creation is the aim of the artist and that is why the artist is a more divine type than the saint 
the artist arrives at his own moment with his own mood he may come with terrible purple tragedies he may come with dainty rose-coloured comedies what a charming title added mr wilde with a smile i must write a play and call it a rose-coloured comedy what are the exact relations between literature and the drama exquisitely accidental that is why i think them so necessary and the exact relations between the actor and the dramatist mr wilde looked at me with a serious expression which changed almost immediately into a smile as he replied usually a little strained but surely you regard the actor as a creative artist yes replied mr wilde with a touch of pathos in his voice terribly creative terribly creative do you not consider the future outlook of the english stage is hopeful i think it must be the critics have ceased to prophesy well, that is something it is in the silence that the artist arrives what is waited for never succeeds what is heralded is hopeless we were nearing the sentries at marlborough house and i said won't you tell me a little more please let us walk down pall mall exercise is such a good thing exercise he ejaculated with an emphasis that almost warrants italics the only possible form of exercise is to talk not to walk and as he spoke he motioned to a passing hansom we shook hands and mr wilde giving me a glance of approval said i am sure that you must have a great future in literature before you what makes you think so i asked as i flushed with pleasure at the prediction because you seem to me such a very bad interviewer i feel sure that you must write poetry i certainly like the colour of your necktie very much good-bye end of a talk with mr oscar wilde by gilbert burgess